It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I know that I can't speak for every military family out there, but I'll speak for mine. I am truly sorry to all of them that we, as a sovereign nation, can't continue to act like one. That's the second time this hour that I have said that. Mm -hmm. It's about the border. It's about this issue. If we don't know what justice looks like when Americans are killed, are we then, Lily, you put it so beautifully, are we then really a sovereign nation? Do, do we really, really love the citizens of this great nation? We have a president who hates at least half of them. How do we know? Because he keeps telling us. Right. So what about those military families whose children went to war because of what happened, to, who willingly went and gave their lives, blood and treasure from America, after we were hit? Hmm. They will never be the same. Those families who lost their children and those men and women who are forever damaged from serving that war. What do we say to them when we say, well, make a deal for these guys who took more than 3,000 lives of Americans in this country on American soil? What do we say to those military families? We gave up. We got tired. We liked liberalism in in our justice system better than we love you. I'm dying to know. All right, that was Harris Faulkner on Fox yesterday, and I I wanted you to hear her passion because I feel the same way. What's she talking about? Well, when the 9-11, which we just remembered last weekend, it was the 21st anniversary, when these attackers killed 3,000 people, when those planes plunged into the World Trade Center and into the field in Pennsylvania, and heroes stepped up to the plate, some of them still suffering, families losing their loved ones, and the country uh, going into deep mourning, plus the economic hit of all of that. Uh, so what she's talking about is uh, that, uh, you know what? Now, the Biden administration has made a decision. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was the person that w- masterminded this. And actually, I could uh, say to you, I could say a lot about this, but actually, Bruce spent some twining time in Guantanamo Bay and saw Khalid Sheikh Mohammed in prison down there. He actually wanted to die. He wanted the death penalty. But guess what? Guantanamo Bay is so filled with leftist, rabid leftist attorneys that those hijackers are still alive. None of them have been brought to justice. They gained 20 pounds in the prison. They were fed lots of food. They have workouts. They, they can demand, you know, their rights as, uh, as Muslims about, you know, the Koran and about Christians coming in. They have rallied, you know, the, um, let's just say the, uh, the inmates have controlled the asylum. And so they've been down there so, you know, 21 years. And so what the uh, Biden administration has decided that five of those could avoid the death penalty, and that includes Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. It's, you know, we, we don't want to, that's just, we can't take their lives. You know, that wouldn't be right. Uh, the chief defendant and self-avowed 9-11 mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, as well as four others, 
uh, who crashed into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and the field in Pennsylvania, killing nearly 3,000 Americans. Their charges carry the death penalty, but attorneys have entered talks with prosecutors to reach possible plea deal that would see the defendants incarcerated in Guantanamo Bay facility for life. CBS News is reporting that. So I want to give you an idea of something here. Uh, I probably will end up spending this whole segment on this, which I wasn't planning to, but here it is. This is a document, excerpts from a document that was signed by all five of those defendants who are still in in Guantanamo Bay, never brought to, to justice, never, not one single time, getting fat, working out, watching television, whatever they're doing, whatever they want, that's what they get in Guantanamo Bay. So this is a document signed by all four of these guys, uh, March the 5th of 2009. That was over 13 years ago. Ready? You ready? With re- this is their words. With regards to these nine accusations that you are putting us on trial for, to us, they are not accusations. To us, they are badges of honor, which we carry with pride. Many thanks to God for his kind gesture and choosing us to perform the act of jihad for his cause and to defend Islam and Muslims. Therefore, killing you and fighting you, destroying you and terrorizing you, responding back to your attacks, are all considered to be great legitimate duty in our religion. This is a very laughable accusation. Were you expecting us to inform you about our secret attack plans? Your intelligence apparatus, with all its abilities, human and logistical, had failed to discover our military attack plans before the blessed 11 September operation. They were unable to foil our attack. We ask why then should you blame us, holding us accountable and putting us on trial, blaming yourselves and your failed intelligence apparatus and hold them accountable, not us. We ask to be near to God. We fight you and destroy you and terrorize you. The jihad in God's cause is a great duty in our religion. We have news for you. The news is you will be greatly defeated in Afghanistan and Iraq and that America will fall politically, militarily, and economically. Your end is very near and your fall will be just as the fall of the towers on the blessed 9/11 day. We will raise from the we will raise from the ruins, God willing. We will leave this imprisonment with our noses raised high in dignity. In as the lion emerges from his den, we shall pass over the blades of the sword into the gates of heaven. So we ask from God to accept our contributions to the great attack, the great attack on America, and to place our 19 martyred brethren among the highest peaks in paradise. All right, so, uh, you know, a lot of sympathy. Don't you have sympathy for them based on what I just read to you? Well, evidently our Justice Department does because they are going to allow them, it looks like, to have plea deals. I want to tell you that the families of the 9-11, of course, we are all family of those that were killed. I think it's a mistake to kind of single out those a few hundred people who were relatives of those killed in the towers as the they're not the only ones affected by this. We all have been. Our whole world changed here in the United States as a result of this attack. Have you been to an airport lately? We didn't used to be that way. You could actually go and greet your loved ones as they got off the plane. No more. I know that's a small thing, but uh, it's not a small thing. We have had to spend millions on TSA and patting down people and inconveniencing and getting invasive. And, and there's a lot more that I don't have time to even go into, but the costs have been great. So here's the deal. They have not told these families, the, the immediate families. They didn't bother to tell them. And the, the families are pretty upset. Uh, this is from one of them. The Biden administration wants to force a plea deal down uh, with KSM at all, taking the death penalty off the table. 
And this, of course, is in keeping with the Obama's five Taliban leader trade for an army deserter. She's talking about Bo Bergdahl, who went to join the enemy. The Biden's Afghanistan debacle gifting $85 billion in war material to our enemies. We have become a deeply unserious nation. Whatever happened to pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and success of liberty. One last thing. One last thing. Uh, I, I could talk a lot more about Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, but I want to move to a different story because our national security is, is at risk here. I told you now that we have withdrawn so horridly from Afghanistan, allowing the death of so many of our good people and uh, the death and isolation of so many of our allies in Afghanistan, uh, the all of the uh, forces, Al-Qaeda and uh, the the Taliban, all of them are now training in Afghanistan and in that area. Uh, the East, the Middle Eastern world is going wild. It's a fire again with these jihadis. And what I just read you gives you an idea of what they have in mind. But that's not all, because uh, this administration, this horrible, horrible, disgraceful administration is doing something else in regard to China. Uh, and that is, uh, I, I think, probably, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I will let this reporter kind of restate it. And she's asking John Kirby, who is the uh, the um, Pentagon press secretary uh, about, uh, well, he maybe is the co-press secretary now in the, in the White House, but he was at the Pentagon. He is actually, um, I forgot his rank. He's at least, he's, I don't know if he's a general, something like that. But this is John Kirby, you know, trying to respond to this very simple question, clip one. Uh, given the fact that uh, known adversary, in the case China, uh, foreign buyers are buying up U.S. real estate, in some case farms around military installations. Is this on the administration's radar? And what is being done, perhaps, to study this or to protect Americans from making sure that homes remain affordable and so on? I think the question of home ownership is a little bit out of my, out of my swim lane. But, but particularly when it comes to around military installations? What I will tell you is that uh, the president has been uh, nothing but clear about our concerns about Chinese uh, unfair trade practices and economic practices. About trade. I, I understand that, ma'am. But buying up land around uh, military installations. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably not the right person to ask about home ownership here in the United States. This isn't about home ownership. This is about buying up land around military okay, installations. Is that a concern to this administration? Okay. I said this to your, to your office last week. They've had a week to look at this, including the articles. Okay, we're gonna, we're, we can get back to you afterwards. We're going to move on. Go ahead, April. Unbelievable. I'm not, I can't respond. On, that's out of my lane, talking about home, own, home ownership. I love the way she fought back. This is about national security, sir. I sent this to you last week. I sent these articles. Do you understand the Chinese are building? They're buying up land around military bases? Oh, that I can't. I can't talk about that. He has been the Pentagon spokesperson for years, and now he works in the White House. Okay, so uh, in addition to that, Biden has quietly loosened the tech export rules to Chinese communist firms. Uh, this has to do with Huawei and our technology and our ability, their ability to sort of, you know, tap in on everything that's happening in the United States. There's been a battle over the, the control of this for a long time. So what they did, though, the White House hired a Huawei lobbyist brother who's joined the White House. So they're changing their tune on that to a little bit more friendly 
uh, to China. And I see this picture here, this John Podesta, who I could spend a long time talking about. Uh, Chinese, uh, worse than this, I believe, uh, you know, he was Clinton's strategist for years. John Podesta is a wicked man, and now he's back in the White House. I see him um, next to John Kerry and Joe Biden. They're, they're up to no good, and they're putting us in such danger. In another time, in another place, this would be, I think, tantamount to treason. And yet, um, in this world in which we live, President Trump is the treasonous person because he uh, tried to uh, fight against people like Joe Biden and um, John Kerry, Susan Rice. He tried to undermine what they were doing. He tried to actually save the country uh, because he loved the Constitution. Who knows? You know, go figure. John Donald Trump is a billionaire. He didn't need this. But for whatever reason, something in his heart planted in him this deep love for this country, and he's been fighting like a one-man battle. But listen, he's the he's the traitor, right? He's the traitor, don't forget. Uh, and yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I have to say this quickly, I guess, because I'm running out of time. Yesterday, among the people that were uh, raided by the FBI included, um, uh, yes, included my pillow. But Mike Lindell, sorry, just went blank. My pillow. They he was coming back from a trip, and the FBI came up to him and demanded his phone. He says, "I operate three businesses from this phone. My hearing aids operate from this phone. I'm not giving my phone." Uh, I'm unclear about whether they actually got his phone or not, but he was one of the people. Uh, that was, uh, you know, harassed by the FD- FBI, and maybe they did get his phone, maybe they didn't. We'll find out today. And I'd like to juxtapose that with this. Remember Jane's Revenge? Jane's Revenge attacked something like 18, uh, they did 18 arson and vandalism attacks on uh, crisis pregnancy centers around the country. Do you remember that? And the FBI was all over it, right? Oh, oh, no, I guess not. Here's the headline from Fox News. Zero arrests and at least 16 Jane's revenge attacks on pro-life organizations. I read yesterday that Jane's revenge is actually located in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, the police force there has been reduced so much that people are worried sick, and uh, people have cited members of Antifa kind of, uh, you know, equipping themselves to do whatever that next thing is in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, but the FBI's busy. You know, they're busy because they have to go for Mike Lindell's telephone. I'm sure he's a threat to the country just the same way Jane's Revenge is, right? According to them, he must be. It is the world upside down. It's a wicked time. So fasten your seatbelts, steal your nerves, because here we go. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Julie Sue, Deputy Secretary of Labor at the United States Department of Labor. Her office oversees work-related standards, including wages, hours, and unemployment benefits. Romans 4.4 reminds us of the importance of fair work for fair wages. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Julie Sue as she helps oversee fair employment standards in our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we're joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. When Johnny Bell was hired by the U.S. Postal Service, he was offered a salary of a buck 81 cents an hour. That was more than 70 years ago when a postage stamp cost about three cents. Mr. Bell is still on the job, delivering the mail in Oklahoma City, and at the age of 93, he now holds the distinction of being America's longest-serving and oldest mailman. The great-grandfather says he likes working eight hours a day, keeps his mind operating. Mr. Bell told Channel 9 News that all these years later, he still has the same job and the same wife. His co-workers threw a party to honor his big anniversary. After a slice of cake, he went right back to work. Neither rain, nor snow, nor heat, nor gloom of night will keep Mr. Bell from his appointed rounds, and neither will old age. Be sure to get a copy of my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at your favorite bookstore and toddsterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. It's, I think it's actually poetic that it happened in Kansas because this is a state that wrestled with the question of who owns people. Right. Um, it wrestled with the question of slavery. Yes. And this question is a question of who owns you, of who owns your body. Yes. Right. And what Alito said is your state owns your body. The minute you become pregnant, your state owns your body and, it, and your state can tell you what to do with it. Sorry, no luck. You don't own yourself. But this is a fundamental issue for women, but it's also a fundamental issue across religion. Yeah, across religion, because uh, obviously Joy Reid knows so much about religion, and we're going to talk about that uh, just for a second here, because uh, the media, of course, is doing what they did way back, I remember this well, 70s and 80s. They twisted the whole issue of abortion. They twisted it terribly. They cooperated, of course, with the Democrats at the time, the Republicans, too, in the 80s. Uh, now all the Demo- all the Republicans are pro-life, you know, quote unquote. They not they aren't, you know, but but they they claim that it's become popular. Nevertheless, right now we're in a we're in a change. We're in a pendulum swing. We talked about it yesterday, uh, where the Republicans are just silent on abortion. Silent. They don't defend themselves. They don't say back to Joy, read Joy. Uh, you you might own your body, but you don't own the body of the baby inside of you. You could say that. I found my 
debating juices kind of welling up as I listened to these clips yesterday. Heaven knows I've debated about this enough through the years. But the twisting, the perversion of things is just beyond the pale. Joy mentions uh, the Bible, religion, but she doesn't go into it. Whoopi Goldberg, on the other hand, and Joe Scarborough go into great detail about their great deep faith and how abortion really is just fine with God. Here's Whoopi Goldberg. Let's listen. As you know, God doesn't make mistakes. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the that's the beauty no. of giving us freedom of choice. No. Yes, because I know my relationship, you know, my relationship is always choppy. Yeah. With God. It's always choppy. With God? With God, always, because I have a lot he of questions. You. You're his favorite. Oh, I listen, I, I, I have no doubt, but I also know that God made me smart enough to know that if there are alternatives out there that can work for me, I will investigate them. But I also know God said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I will not make that decision for anybody. Jesus never once talked about abortion. Never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. Go, if you don't believe me, if that makes you angry, why don't you do something you haven't done in a long time? Open the Bible, open the New Testament, read the red letters. You won't see it there. Yeah, Joe. So I would just say back to Joe, you know, you actually do see it there, Joe, because when you dismember a baby or you pull it apart limb from limb, according to God's word, it's murder, it's killing. And in Genesis, the very first book that we have, that you have no right to shed blood of someone else. You have no right. It's a very big deal to God. I guess Jesus didn't, you know, requote Genesis 5 again, but it's understood, Joe, that how, how ignorant can you be? How, why, how much of an apostate can you be? You claim to be a Christian. Secondly, on uh, Whoopi Goldberg, she says that, you know, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I wonder if a, a abortive mother asks herself that before she takes the life of her baby in that brutal fashion, wondering if she's doing to that baby what she wishes that baby would do to her. It's ridiculous, and yet the minds of our citizens are being perverted by this. People are flocking to the polls uh, to vote against Republicans because Republicans refuse to defend the issue of abortion. And then I want to go to one more thing before I introduce our guest. Jill uh, Biden was uh, in, a, in a school. You know, she's a whatever she is. She's a doctor. She's a te- she's a brilliant person by her own account. Oh, I'm being facetious because uh, because she isn't a brilliant person, but titles mean a lot to her. There's a long story about that. Uh, so she gets to be Dr. Jill Biden for unknown reasons. Uh, but um, she was in a library, and uh, this is just a portion of it that really caught my ear. This is clip 11. Is there a balance between, you know, this book should be in the library, this book All is under books review. books should be in the library. All books. This is America. We don't ban books. All right, so you know what she's talking about is books and school board, all these disputes over, it, you know, Heather has two mommies is, you know, like, uh, milk toast compared to what they're putting in the schools now. But, you know, all books should be in the school, says Jill Bagden, the little lady with beautiful hair, beautiful face, and her little soft voice saying something extremely wicked. Well, there is a battle going on in every state. 
And certainly there's a battle going on in Virginia, which is just such a beautiful state, the land of our foundings. Uh, John McGuire, good friend John, is a delegate there in Virginia. He won his race last election term, and we are very happy about that. John, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, good morning, Sandy. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for having me on your show this morning. Yeah, I just uh, saw a picture of you, a very nice picture of you in, in the paper, richmond.com, uh, uh, and it talks about how you sponsored, you rented a facility in Hanover County to screen to screen a film called What is a Woman, uh, but they they canceled that on you. Can you tell us about that just a little bit? What is that movie, and what were you trying to do? Sure. So, you know, Daily Wire has a movie out there, uh, Matt Walsh. Uh, he just goes around for a year interviewing people, asking them on college campuses and other activists, can you define a woman? And I haven't seen the movie yet. I wanted to see it with the audience last night. Um, but basically, apparently, no one could answer the question. And, uh, you know, I think it's good versus evil. We're in crazy times. It, it, I don't think anyone agrees that a male should win a NCAA Women's Swim Championship. I just can't imagine anyone thinking that's okay. Your five-year-old daughter trains her whole life. She gets to the point where she can compete, and a guy says, hey, I'm a woman, and take the championship. And so we have a Supreme Court justice can't define a woman because she's not a biologist, and there's so much ridiculous stuff going on. And people in the district were saying, well, you show the movie. So for six weeks, we've been advertising the movie, and then yet the day before we're going to show the movie, I get a phone call saying, your advertisements are too controversial, and you can no longer use our, our venue. And so uh, cancel culture is alive and well, and what they're hoping is they use intimidation and get you to self-censure and back down. Uh, but we're not going to back down. We're going to find a new venue and a new date, and we're going to show that movie. Uh, wow. I wish I could come to that. I didn't even know about that movie, John. But let me ask you this. You know, Virginia really became famous to a lot of people because, you know, we have to watch the news to find out what our other states are and what they're doing. We don't have, mm-hmm. like, and we don't have knowledge of texts and where states are and geography and all of that. I'm sorry, I'm being facetious again. But Virginia is such a great state. Uh, and uh, we saw school, you know, people going to these school board meetings in droves, and we saw them dragged out, arrested. We saw all kinds of things, all kinds of battles. And there's a midterm coming up November the 7th. And my question to you is, are the people of Virginia as fired up as they were? Are they still fired up about this election? Well, we're knocking doors right now. It's so important that we take back the House and the Senate and stop this Biden uh, anti-American agenda. Uh, but at the doors, people are angry. They're they're blaming Biden for everything. And I know they brought gas prices down right now, but the damage has been done. And I will tell you, in some of the, like, the 7th Congressional District is probably one of the most, you know, it could go either way. It's one of the ones that's getting a lot of spotlight around right now with Yesley Vega against Democrat Spamberger. Um, I would say the average people in the rural areas are making 60K. So even though they lowered the gas price a little bit lately, the damage has been done. So there's no way the Democrats are going to win on the economy. So what they're doing is they're putting a ton of money into the pro-life issue, the abortion issue, trying to get people off of the economy because the Democrats know they're not going to win on the economy. And I heard you talking about Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, I can't believe anybody in this audience or here for advice, especially when it comes to life. No, I know, John, but the problem is... Uh we have a tsunami of twisted propaganda from the media, and we have silence yeah. from Republicans. Silence. Because the leadership in the Republican Party don't want Republicans to talk about this, and yet 
there's a, a huge path to talking about, you know, like the abortion bill that was passed in the in the House is uh, provides for abortion for all my nine months. It does away with parental notification. It allows for sex selection abortion. People could argue on those issues if they just understood how radical the Democrats are, but instead the Republicans are silent. In fact, let me ask you, is Yesley Vega, is she pushing back on this? She, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with the 5th Congressional District and where I'm at, although I'm keeping my eye on what Yesley Vega is doing. Um, it is more of a moderate district. It's, I think it's a D plus one district. So I, I can't answer that. But yeah. I would say that God who you are before, for your first heartbeat. Life is a miracle and it begins at conception. And when in the general, and I'm in the Virginia House of Delegates, as you mentioned, for the last five years, and when the Democrats had complete rule of Virginia, and they were all of my colleagues were talking about third trimester and Governor Northam letting a baby lay on the table and we see what would happen. I said, I can't believe no one's telling everybody that life begins at conception. So I grabbed the microphone and said, Madam Speaker, as a Navy SEAL, our creed says we use our strength to protect those that don't have the strength to protect themselves. And I cannot believe that you guys are going after life and undoing 20 years worth of protection. Life is a miracle, and it must be protected at all costs. And it begins at conception, and the Democrats turn their back on me. But you are right. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything, and we have to push back. We have to hold our ground. Yeah, and John, I think that here's the, the point. To me, the point is this. Look, I, I am a, very much committed to principle. I don't ever waver on that. Uh, but when it comes to these issues, there is a pragmatic, politically smart route here. And that is, as I understand, the polls are showing, I think, 70% of all voters uh, are against for abortion in late term. If you tell them that the, the Democrats are pushing abortion for all nine months, if they have their way, that's what they're going to have. That's the direction to go in the argument, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, but, so, but instead we have silence, we have silence and this has been happening for so many years. It's just painful to watch. Uh, I want to, let's talk about something. Cause I, I know you're part of Goochland Tea Party and people hear me talk about Goochland all the time because they're, uh, they're such great friends and I think they've done wonderful work. And I know there's an event coming up this Saturday for those of you that live in that area. It's their uh, second annual constitution day picnic. The 17th is constitution day. And also John. The thing that should be on this flyer is that it's my birthday. So this should be what you guys are celebrating. <laughs> but tell us about that event. You know, where is it, where's it going to be and how could people find you? I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm going to tell you, the Goosen Tea Party, um, if, if Republicans would follow their model, we would never lose an election. It's These true. Amazing, I'm telling you, they're out there every Saturday uh, 10 to 5 p.m., and they're giving out hats, T-shirts, flyers, and informational candidates all over Virginia. But that's just one county, Goochin County. Can you imagine if we did this in every county, city, and town, uh, not just in Virginia, but across the U.S.? You know, when I got elected to the Virginia House of Delegates, I was wondering how Republicans would ever lose. I mean, no one wants to have their taxes raised, right? Everyone wants freedom. And, uh, you know, now that I've been in it for five years, I can start to understand. I think the Democrats fight like grizzly bears, and I think Republicans generally fight like teddy bears. Um, but Constitution Day is about celebrating this, our amazing republic, and it's going to be this Saturday. It's going to be at uh, 30 Broad Street Road in Manhattan Sabbath. It's across from the food line there. 
So that's 30 Broad Street Road, Mannequin Sabbath, uh, 10 to 5 p.m., and we're going to be uh, having guest speakers. I'll speak. I'm much better with a rifle and giving a speech, but I'll be speaking about our Constitution and our veterans <laughs> and some of the things that we've done to support those that are willing to uh, give their life or even give their life for freedom. So I would ask folks, if you've got time in your schedule, uh, come on out there and celebrate our Constitution and celebrate our republic. Yes, uh, and I'll also get to know the uh, the Gushland Tea Party. They are, I've said, for probably 10 years now, uh, they've been an absolute model. Uh, this is how you take back your local county, where you live. All of you speaking to me, you're always asking me, what can we do, what can we do? And Goochland has been the model of taking back local governance, school boards, county county positions, and just sweeping the place and changing their county so that it becomes prosperous and a, and a wonderful place to live. But I so I wanted to give them a shout out today. That's this Saturday from eleven to three p.m. And I, um, but John, uh, before we before we say goodbye to you, Yesley Vega, I know is running in the seventh district. That was Dave Bratt's seat. Uh, Dave, of course, well, of course, not of course, but he is a very good friend, and it was Goochland that was uh, in strong part responsible for putting him in that uh, office. And then Spanberger, Spanberger, who was with the CIA, as I understand it, who was a, who was a leftist, um, took that seat, uh, and that's a long story. But now Yesley Vega, you believe that Yesley's a strong candidate there? She's a strong candidate, and, uh, you know, if, you know, I guess I've heard some people that are cynical say that, you know, if uh, if she wins by midnight, she won. But if they stop the count and then you wake up in the morning, you'll know what happened. So um, the one thing is the Democrats are requesting absentee ballots by the thousands, more than Republicans right now. And, you know, what they did 2020 is I think President Trump is going to go down as a president who did more in four years than any president ever did in eight years. I'm a big supporter of President Trump. But what they did during they used the the pandemic and they changed the rules in the middle of the game. They had these drop boxes. They had this 45 day election season and no voter ID and everything else. They changed the rules and those rules are still in place. Yes. You know, I just I just read the North Carolina. uh, Same thing. The Democrats are just flooding uh, the mail-in voting. And also, you know, that the president, President Biden and the Justice Department, have changed the voting rules, and they will not release it to the public. They will not release it. They couldn't pass their horrible voter bill in Congress. So now they're doing it through the Justice Department. So I think we are I think we have to brace ourselves again, and that means we have to fight harder. It's not impossible to win. It just means you've got to, uh, you've got to get hired to go to the polls. You've got to make sure you vote, get your friends out, and um, do everything you can for this uh, November 7th election. John McGuire, Delegate John McGuire. John, it's always a pleasure. I love talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. A Chinese communist survivor of Mao's revolution warns Americans that socialism is the first step towards communism. She said communist governments make decisions about what we eat, what we learn in school, where we live, and how we should think. Socialism and communism take away personal freedom. America was founded on the biblical belief that freedom is a gift from God, and we better protect it or lose it. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. 
I was an inmate in prison, recently was released, and I wanted to call and tell you guys how much of an impact you've made in my life. American Family Radio's share is October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Some of the most memorable moments of share are when listeners tell us how God has used AFR to change their lives. Call now to share your story. Phone 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The Newport Mesa School District in California has implemented health education textbooks that claim there are over 10 sexual orientations and eight so-called genders. The textbook, titled Comprehensive Health Skills for High School, includes androgynous, bigender, gender nonconforming, gender questioning, and non-binary among the purported options for high schoolers. The listed sexual orientations include androsexual, polysexual, scoliosexual, demisexual, and gynosexual. But regressives bristle when you say they are grooming children for sexual behavior and normalizing extramarital sexual contact. Everyone is welcomed out of the cultural closet, except Christ followers. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Afton with the Secure Freedom Minute. The Biden administration's wrecking operation with respect to U.S. energy security has reduced our strategic petroleum reserve to its lowest level in almost 40 years. Such sales of oil meant for emergency use only, including some to our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party, has significantly increased our vulnerability in case of, for example, a war. Worse yet, at the same time, the nation most likely to precipitate such a conflict, namely Communist China, has been systematically hoarding oil, natural gas, and coal, as well as food, rare earth minerals, fertilizers, and other materials. The CCP appears to be putting its nation on a war footing, and Biden's irresponsible conduct with respect to our strategic reserve and virtually every other aspect of energy policy appears to be a betrayal of America's national security that can only conduce to a Chinese victory. This is Frank Afton. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And how about James Taylor, a voice that heals our soul and unites a nation and a good friend. Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law, a single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation. The soul of America is vibrant. The future of America is bright. 
And the promise of America is real. This bill cut costs for families, help reduce inflation at the kitchen table. Yeah, and a whole bunch of other things. That bill, that bill that he uh, signed yesterday, the Inflation Reduction Act, probably uh, you know lower the rise of the oceans. Uh, he was very excited about it. And you know that when James Taylor plays in a public event, you're in trouble because the last time we saw him play was in France. John Kerry asked him to come over and soothe you know, the hearts and minds of uh, the people that were killed and massacred in the Charlie Hebdo uh, news uh, entity well, by the Islamic terrorists. So he has James uh, Taylor saying, you know, if you need a friend. So that, you know, if you know that you bring him in for comfort, that maybe, you know, we're in trouble, and I think we are in trouble. It's not funny, but it is just so frightening. And one last thing before I introduce our guest. Uh, this is what uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi had to say yesterday. They are so excited about this Inflation Reduction Act. They're just nearly, well, I can't use the word, but they're excited. Let's listen. Whoa. Look at this crowd. So... This is a great and celebratory day. Inflation Reduction Act, so beautifully named for all that it does. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> Whoa, glorious day. Okay, a little bit of a hyperbola. And worse than that, dangerous for our country. Joining us is Senator Rick Scott, uh, who has written an editorial, as a matter of fact, in the Wash in the Fox News this morning to just respond to this. Uh, so, Senator Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, Sandy, it's great to be with you, and it makes you so mad because, you know, this how how many who believes that when you raise taxes and you have more government spending, inflation is going to go down? Nobody believes that. Um, and and you know how how foolish on their part they knew inflation numbers were coming out, and so look at the inflation numbers yesterday. Food prices are way up. If you if you take a family like mine growing up, I grew up in a poor family. We lived in public housing. Think about what they've done to a family like that. I mean, they, they can't afford the gas, so they can't afford the food. Uh, they're struggling to put you know just to, just to deal with issues, and their and their wages are not even close to staying up with it. And say they hear something else that they don't want to talk about. You realize that that we're not generating full-time jobs anymore in this country. We've been losing full-time jobs. In the month of August, nationwide, we lost 240,000 new full-time jobs. They don't want to talk about that. But they're killing this economy and hurting the poorest families. And in my state, people that are on fixed incomes or retirees, either they're waiting to retire, they're taking a second job, because that's all we're doing right now. We're generating just part-time jobs, not full-time jobs. You know, I want to read something just back to the inflation issue, just to show, again, as though we need to, because I guess we do need to, to show what a liar this president is. This is what he said yesterday. Today's data show more progress in bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy. Overall, prices have been essentially flat in our country these last two months. That's welcome news for American families with more work still to do. That was the president standing there saying that yesterday as what you're reporting is absolutely the truth. I have at least a half a dozen articles. I have Rick Santelli from uh, CNBC doing a sh- talking about how exasperating this is. The, uh, so it's, it's a lie, and it's a dangerous lie. I have an article lie, here. Lie, but, lie, lie. That's all they do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have, But look at that. They lie, they lie, and then they lie. 
I mean, I there's no truth to anything that comes out of Biden's mouth anymore. I mean, we, we're not generating full-time jobs. That's a big problem. Inflation is up. Just since he got elected in my state, inflation is up over 13%. So if you, if you made, you know, whatever you're making, your wages are not buying as much. If you had money saved, your savings don't buy as much. He's hurting all, all these people, and he, and he wants to celebrate uh, this stuff. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it, may, it makes you mad what these guys are going doing. So at the end of this month, we have to decide because the Democrats don't want to pass a budget. We're going to continue, the, you know, uh, our budget. We're going to continue last year's budget. Just leave it the same amount. But what they're going to try to do is don't do that, all right, until they can, we can get a budget. What they want to do is they're going to add on a whole bunch of wasteful spending and try to push us into voting for something um, because, oh, if you don't vote for it, the government's going to shut down. Well, guess what? We need to st- stop caving into the Democrats. We need to stand our ground and say, we're going we're gonna, to, if you Democrats don't care about this economy, Republicans do. And so I'm going to do everything I can to fight against all this wasteful, additional wasteful spending. It's just a, every week, it's another, it seems like a you know, quarter trillion, half trillion, trillion dollar spending every week by the Democrats. They don't care. They don't care. And I want to re- point out, this, this is an article in the, the Gatestone Institute this morning by Lawrence Kadish, and he says, a debt that can destroy a nation. And he reminds us that it's this kind of debt, uh, that's how the Soviet Union was destroyed, and we helped hap- that, make that happen. We brought them down financially because they took on so much debt. And also, the other thing we have not said here, Senator, is that in this particular Inflation Reduction Act is so much spending, not the least of which is, what, $370 billion dollars in energy programs to be overseen by the leftist, the the uh, Clinton alkalite uh, John Podesta. That's actually a flattering uh, description. I could tell you more things about him that are less flatter- flattering. But he's going to be over spending three hundred seventy billion dollars on energy programs. Can you just comment on that in this bill? Well, it, I mean, think about that. They're going to they're going to give tax you know write offs to the rich to buy electric vehicles, right? Uh, when we don't when our power grid's in trouble because. And the, what Democrats have done with regard to our power grid. And then they had 87,000 IRS agents to go harass all of our families and our small businesses. I mean, there's not 87,000 rich people that can go audited, and those people are already getting audited all the time. So it, but it, it, it just, you think, who's thinking this way? Like, look at California. They, they're going to ban electric, uh, gas cars, and then they're telling you you can't drive your electric car because their grid's in trouble. Yes, I mean, I know. the Democrats are they're crazy. I know, I know. They're and, and they're hurting. The most important thing, they hurt the poorest families. They say, they, oh, they care. No, they don't. They hit the people, hurt the people on fixed income. They say they care. No, they don't. They don't care. They're destroying this country. You could not destroy it more perfectly. If you designed a destructive plan, it would be exactly what they're doing. But I want to talk about solutions. Uh, you are uh, probably, you're sorry you took this role, but you're the head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. You've got nothing but grief for it. I'll just say on your behalf that you've been accused of misspending the money. You've been accused of, you know, considering your own interests. When my friends on Capitol Hill tell me it's quite the opposite, uh, that you've tried very hard, and we have uh, Mitch McConnell coming out criticizing uh, the uh, the candidates that have won the nominations, for Senate anyway, that have not won the nominations in like five states. And they are struggling because the PAC that's affiliated with Mitch McConnell has withdrawn money from those uh, races. So we've got a mess going on. We've got a midterm coming up November 7th. So let me ask you, sir, how do you think these Republican candidates, I think there are five of them. I, I think it's uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Arizona, and Nevada. I don't know if I've missed one, but 
Uh, how are they doing, do you think? Do you think they have a chance of, of winning? Oh, absolutely. First off, we have great candidates. I mean, just look at these people. Take J.D. Vance. Here's a guy that understands the problems of drug addiction. They made a they did a movie about this guy. He understands it. That's why he's going to be a great senator. Look at look at Dr. Oz. Here's a world-renowned heart surgeon, top healthcare talk show host in the world. He, you know, he's going to win. He's a great candidate. He's got a lot of work left to do, but he's defining Fetterman. He's going to win. Uh, you you look at look at uh, look down in Arizona. Blake Master, a tech entrepreneur. Um, he could he should be able to win. We got state attorneys in in uh, Missouri and in uh, Nevada. Yes. Great candidates. Look at Tiffany Smiley. Uh, up in um, up in Washington, a lady, a nurse that brought her husband back to health after he was blinded in Iraq, or a, a guy that built a construction company, Joe Day in Colorado. We got great candidates. We got to support them. But I think we're going to win. I think I think look, we I think there's no reason to believe we're not going to get a majority. Um, there, we should be able to defend to get keep our fifty. Ron Johnson should win. Mehmet Oz should win. Ted Budd should win. Ted Budd's up three points already. Uh, Ron Johnson's running a, a good race. He's tied up a little bit. Look at Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy winner, small businessman. He's up three points on Warnick. You know why? Because what we did at the NRC is we invested early and we defined our Democrats. Every Democrat we're running against in the swing state, they're under 50% in their favorables, and Biden is under 40%. That is a great environment for us. So I'm, I'm very confident we're going to get a majority. I want to run a poll by you that you probably haven't seen. I just got it this morning, uh, and it's a Trafalgar poll. It says that a majority of voters believe the Republican Party has not made a strong enough case as to why they should earn support in the 2022 midterm elections. 56.1% of voters say that Republicans have not made a strong enough case as to why they should earn support. And then one th- other thing I'll give you, 57.2% of independents say that the mm-hmm. GOP has not made a strong enough case. I know you have a lot of thoughts about that, so I'd, li- I'd like for you to respond. Well, I think we have to run on something like what Newt Gingrich did in '94. He had a you know a contract with America. I put out a plan. Um, it's my plan. It's not the NRSC plan. It's my plan to rescue this country. You can go to rescueamerica.com. I think every candidate uh, needs to come out with their plan of how what they're going to do to turn this country around. I know Kevin McCarthy is going to come out with the House plan. I think it's next Monday. I think it's important we talk about what we're going to do. We know the Democrats are bad. We know uh, they're running this country into the ground. We know they're bad, but we got to tell people, what are we going to do? I'm a business guy. Right? I, I, that's what I did in business. I wrote plans. I worked my plans. When I ran for governor back in 2010, I wrote a plan how to turn Florida around. The economy was in shambles, and we did. That's what you have to do. So I think it's very important uh, that that Republicans have a plan of what they're going to do to turn this country around. And when we do, we will win. That's what every candidate's going to have to do. Um, and I'm glad the House is. I'm, I'm glad the House is doing it. And I tell people it doesn't have to be my plan. Let's fight over ideas. That's what we should be. We should be the party of ideas and say, you elect us, we're going to do this, and this is going to improve your life. That's what I did in Florida, and that's what I've done when I've run, and that's why I have a plan now. Go to rescueamerica.com. Give me your ideas. We are going to turn this country around, but we have to have a plan on how we're going to do it. You know, I have a, I have a, just something I want to suggest to you, Senator. I recognize that abortion is a hot-button issue this year because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And I confess to you that I'm a complete sold-out ideologue when it comes to abortion and other issues. I'm a purist. I am. But I'm also very pragmatic. I've been in the political scene for a long time, too. And I want to point out that on the abortion issue, the Republicans have gone silent, while the media and the left are piling up. And as I see this from what my reading and looking, it's killing Republicans in the polls 
uh, because they're just turned loose to paint Republicans as people that want to, you know, you know, put, give the death penalty to mothers who want to uh, take, uh, you know, abort their children. All kinds of horrible scenarios they paint that are not even true. And I want to point out that the actually the bill that passed in the, I think it was just the House, maybe the Senate, I'm not sure, on abortion allows abortion for all nine months. It allows for sex selection abortion, and it allows for, uh, it do, does away with parental notification. The polls show 70% of voters, all voters, support parental notification. If Republicans would lead on that and explain, okay, this is your alternative, all nine months the polls show that American voters don't like abortion for all nine months by huge majorities. The, I just think being silent on it is to just be beaten to death and un- misunderstood and beaten. And I, I wish Republicans would take that on uh, f- f- a full frontal take on of their issue, which is abortion all nine months. Anyway, um, you're, what do you have to comment about that? Uh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm pro-life. Uh, I believe there ought to be restrictions and there ought to be exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. And the Democrats, they're crazy. Abortion up until the moment of birth, they've all voted for that. You can, you can let a live baby, born alive, starve to death and die. That's what they all voted for. They said if you're a pro-life health care worker, you've got to perform abortions. They voted for this stuff. The Democrats did. We ought to be talking about that every day. We're on the right side of taking care of families. We're on the right side of caring about people in this country, and the Democrats are radical. Is there anything, we only have like a minute and a half left. Uh, There are so many things going on. I have so many things to ask you. What else is on your heart and mind today that you want to communicate to the American people? Well, I think think it's important that we all focus and make sure we win in November. I tell people you can help us at the National Republican Central Committee. You can text WIN to 55404, but get involved in your races. Go out and volunteer. Go out and make sure, you know, the polls are done right. Get active. This is your country. We can win these elections. I believe we're going to win these elections. we got great candidates to do it. So I'm excited about where we're going. I believe that we're going to turn this country around. I believe we're going to get a majority. When we do, I'm going to, I'm going to be hell-bent on having a plan to turn this country around and rescue it. And I, I, look, I love people's comments. Give me your comments. I've got a plan, rescueamerica.com. Give me your comments. I'm, I'm going to keep adding things to it. Uh, just because I want to have a fight over ideas rather than, you know, just, you know, just a fight over an election. I want to fight over where we're going. I know we're doing, we're heading the right direction. Let's fight over what we can do to improve this country. All right. Well, Senator Scott, as long as you're doing that and you're fighting the establishment in DC, you got a friend here. I'll tell you that. So listen, we wish you all the best and whatever we can do to help in the future. You let me know. Senator Rick Scott. Thank you, sir. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.